0: Welcome to Fearful, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling journey through the world of mysteries, paranormal phenomena, and all things terrifying. We will explore eerie tales of haunted places, unsolved crime, inexplicable events, and supernatural encounters so embrace the fear and unravel the mysteries that lie beyond. My name is Jacko, and this is Fearful. The Uncanny Valley If this is the first time your ears have heard that term, you may be picturing a part of the world hosting a thick forested valley that may hold a strange or mysterious secret. But if you have heard the term before, you are sure to know it is a term for something much more sinister. You see, the uncanny valley is not a place at all. Instead, it is the relation between a tangible object's degree of resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to such an object. For example, when you walk down the hallway of an unfamiliar house and there, halfway down, is a painting adorning the walls. You make your way closer to the painting, and the figures on the canvas begin to reveal themselves through the shadows. Though it is a more abstract piece, you manage to deduce it is a painting of a person. With each step you take towards the painting, you begin to feel uneasy. Something just does not sit right with you about it. You feel as if the eyes somehow follow you as you draw closer to the image. You reason with yourself. It is after all just a painting and you know it can cause no harm. So you proceed down the hallway and you make your way past it. However, the unnerving feeling you receive from the painting was enough to leave an impression on you, and each time you see it again, the same uneasy feeling once again returns. This is the uncanny valley. Something looks human, or human-like, and yet, something about it makes you feel nervous, uneasy, or even scared. This is what many people experience when they see paintings, mannequins, shapes in objects that resemble humans or faces, and of course, dolls as well. The uncanny valley has preyed on humans around the globe and given them a fear of things that simply resemble humans when they clearly are not. And because of that fear, It makes our topic of conversation today all that much more terrifying. Today, we will cover a place known as the Island of the Haunted Dolls. And it is the world's largest collection of such items. Just south of Mexico City, between the canals of Xochimilco, you find a small island with a very dark and sad background, one that was never intended to be a tourist destination, but instead a monument to an innocent lost life. The island is known to the locals as Isle de las Muñecas, the island of the dolls or sometimes called the island of the Dead Dolls. The island was once no different than any other place. Beautiful trees and landscapes with water's edge circling around its shores. However, a fateful day would change its future forever. As the story goes, a man lived on the small, desolate island and his name, Don Julian Santabera or simply, as we will call him, Julian. Julian was born in 1921, but his life took an intriguing turn from the ordinary in the 1950s when he decided to leave the bustling city behind him and set his roots on a small, desolate island. Why Julian chose such an isolated haven remains a mystery to this day. Some speculate it was a pursuit of spiritual enlightenment, a desire to embrace a hermit's existence. Regardless of the reason, Julian became the caretaker of this remote sanctuary, weaving a modest and simple life amidst the untouched beauty of nature. Farming and cultivating the soil, he coaxed vegetables and fruit from the earth So he could live off the land. But this story is not about Julian's ideal island life of solitude. He was a man of deep faith, a true religious soul. And this is where the island's legend truly began. Immersed in the tranquil cadence of the island's existence, Julian's world was disturbed by the arrival of a lifeless child. The limp and forsaken body of a young girl was found by Julian, washed ashore from the waters, and she was accompanied by a silent observer, a lone doll. Julian pulled both the lifeless girl and the doll from the waters, and driven by his profound religious beliefs, tinged with a hint of superstition, shouldered the responsibility of granting the departed child a final resting place. He took gentle care in the act of burying her on the island, carefully fashioning a sacred space for her soul to find peace. Yet... Julian's commitment extended beyond the realm of Earth. In a solemn tribute to the departed soul, Julian suspended the lone doll from a tree, transforming it into both a memorial in her honor and a talisman against potential malevolent spirits. The island once a serene retreat as Julian's home, now harbored a spectral presence, the lingering spirit of the young girl. Julian's days became a haunting symphony of disembodied voices and elusive whispers. Wherever he went, it seemed the voice followed. He could hear it in the distance, in the wind through the trees just over his shoulder, as if the girl was still there still alive, watching. Strange occurrences unfolded around him, unsettling and inexplicable. A doll found hanging from a tree was now in a different location than where Julian had once left it, a ghostly testament to the potential otherworldly forces at play. Convinced that the island had become a realm haunted by the malevolent spirits of the departed girl, Julian felt an increasing urgency to pacify this ethereal presence. In an attempt to calm the restless spirit that now haunted him, Julian resumed his journey to the communities around south of Mexico City. Amidst the routine of trade and barter, Julian sought solace in the company of others, hoping to find respite from the spectral onset that plagued his island sanctuary. He couldn't stay away forever, however. He of course knew he needed to return home. So in a desperate bid to appease the spirit on his island, Julian delved into unconventional rituals. He scoured the refuse of the land and engaged in bartering, exchanging the fruits and vegetables from his garden for more dolls. Over the years, Julian continued to claim to be haunted by the spirit of the young girl and possibly even others as well. He was changed, he was obsessive and persisted in finding as many discarded dolls as he could bring back and hang them from the trees on his island in an attempt to please the girl and finally set her spirit to rest. Those who knew Julian intimately said it was as if he was driven by some unseen force that completely changed him. The apparent weight of an unshakable guilt loomed large over him, a burden bore from the bitter reality that he could not rescue the girl from her untimely fate. For fifty years, Julian immersed himself in the ritual of collecting dolls, stringing them like spectral sentinels across the island's landscape. The dolls, once symbols of appeasement, now took on a life of their own. Mirroring the spectral dance that unfolded within Julian's torments of soul, the island is now home to some four thousand dolls strung through the trees of the forested island. In the year 2001, when Julian was now some 80 years old, he had his nephew on the island. Together, they cast their lines in the canal. Julian began to sing. He sang about mermaids residing in the depths of the waters off the shore. He sang, telling tales of how they beckoned him. In a tragic turn of events, Julian's nephew briefly left his uncle at the water's edge, but when he returned, he was met with a heart-wrenching scene. Julian's lifeless form lay face down in the canal waters, mirroring the tragic fate of the young girl who had met her end in the very same spot. Many believe that Julian, in death, has joined the spirit of the little girl and now roams the island watching over her in the afterlife. The dolls now play guardians of both his memory and the island's legacy as they continue their silent watch, perpetuating the spectral tale of a man driven by unseen forces and the haunting echoes of a little girl's lost life. The locals are very faithful that the island of dolls is in fact a very charmed place. After Julian's death, it now has become a tourist attraction where visitors bring dolls to lay them to rest. Since the death of Julian, the island has become quite famous, has even been featured in many articles and TV shows, although the actions of Julian was innocent and even quite admirable. It ended up being portrayed as a real nightmarish destination. As tourists try to find someone to bring them to the destination of the island, that in itself is their first hurdle, as many refuse to make the trip. But once there, they find soulless eyes follow them as they walk the island's path. Local legend says that the dolls move their heads and arms and even open their eyes. Some witnesses claim they have heard the dolls whispering to each other, while others who were on a boat nearby, simply going on the waters around the island, never intending to land, claim that the dolls beckoned them to its shores. Before we finish the tale of the Island of the Haunted Dolls, it is crucial to note that the validity of this account remains shrouded in uncertainty. The story of the deceased girl has never been proven, and her grave has never been located, leaving much of this story to dance on the edge of fact and fable. But. The island is very much so a very real place, and the collection of haunted dolls is in fact there waiting for you to find it. And the island itself is officially recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records to be home to the world's largest collection of haunted dolls.